The main podcast is a free media source with a mission to provide better transparency in the market to connoisseurs, medical patients, recreational users, store owners, growers, extractors, and everyone in between. This is made possible through generous support from sponsors who cover all the corners of the great state of Maine and beyond. A special thank you to Nova Analytics, Treeline Cannabis, Watered Roots, Planet Tim, Rugged Roots, The Heady Yeti, Tastefully Baked, Cure Cannabis, The Shack 420, Humble Family Farms, Salty Cultivation, The North Fire, Highbrow, Team Green, Seaworks and Company, Zero Gravity Extracts, Wisely Cannabis, and Stoner & Co. For more information on how you can support those who support us, please visit our website. Check out the links for our sponsors at www.mainpotcast.com and click the sponsors tab. 25 I've never been, I mean, yes, this is spacious and I do like space, but that's for being outdoors. Yeah. You can enjoy that as much. Um, the rooms are a little bit cut up, but that's old farmhouse style. Well, that's uh, their style. Actually, it's probably much how they're still probably building now. Or yeah, you know, I'd like to see inside one of the homes. That's interesting, though, that your home is from what 1892. Now yes. you have the new revisiting resettlement of that old group coming in. You know, so it's again, it's cool. You got you know old cannabis culture in mm-hmm. in Maine since the 70s. You know, really, probably, yeah. most likely. I think you could. You see. think that was about the origin point? Well, I've, when I was out on the Emerald in, in Humboldt area, in Trinity and such, moving around, I'd heard that the 60s, even like early to mid 60s, for some of the earliest folks coming out <laughs> of the Bay Area, Santa Cruz, even where I was up in my pocket, it was a group from Santa Cruz that were there in the early 60s. And doing in the California area. In, yeah. Well, when okay. you were in Humboldt too, Brian, were you doing anything with hash at that point? Um, I was actually. Were you doing so? And Temple Balls, they've those Temple Balls have been around for quite a while. I wasn't doing that, but the funny thing is, is that Frenchy Cannoli was 15 miles away at Wander at um, Wonderland Nurseries, had a dispensary in Southern Humboldt. In, mm-hmm. in actually, it's not Garberville; it's right on the line. It's called Redway. So right in Redway, Wonderland Nursery and Kevin Jodry, that was his spot. And Frenchy Cannoli had hash balls in in the shop back then. And so what type of hash were you making was, at that point? Um, actually, the hash that I stepped into the last year that I was there was with a really um, good young friend, really um, positive, hardworking, and quality-producing person named Have Hash on Instagram. He goes by Have Hash. And people should check him out. He's out in Cali's in the Humboldt area. Young guy. He does really good work, single source. Or you know, he does work for other people too, washing. And at that point... Um, geez, I think he was just 21 or something in, at Humboldt State University, and I uh, gave him an opportunity. We worked together and decided on it to, to use a fraction of the medical garden, you know, up to even say half of it for the outdoor section, you know, outside of Depping and the full term, that we turned a lot of full term into um, what I'm doing more of now, actually, which was whole plant dry flower. Uh, cured resin bubble hash. Yeah, I've been noticing yeah, that. Yeah, so we didn't go fresh frozen back then. We actually went cured, and then he put it through a Sasquatch, which is what we acquired back then even, and he just did amazing work with it. We got these, uh, 
like Milky Way looking big disc patties out of the work that were just, <laughs> I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. They looked alien. You know? So I was actually. That got your interest in it though it too, did. I'm thinking, it right? It did. And I that mean, was it about. had something different you're not yeah, seeing from anybody else. Rosin game. And it was, that was five to six years ago mm. that we were doing that whole plant, you know, uh, cured flower bubble into rosin patties. And I brought some back here, but around that time when I brought it back here, there was only probably one of my friends that recognized even what it was. Yeah, Honestly, right. other people kind of looked at it cross-eyed and it was a lot of tendencies towards the, you know, the extraction game. When you uh, came back to Maine and uh, we were talking a little while ago, about five-ish years ago, and you had originally been yep. in the area, when you came back, uh, I'm assuming like the Mercer area and, and some pockets of the space uh, of the state that you're familiar with probably hadn't changed too much as far as the people were living there. No, not or, much or at all. No. I, I spent so more did that make reconnecting that much easier to some degree? I wouldn't say that much because <laughs> my, my story is interesting. I, with it personally, I was actually in Portland more in the last oh. 10 years, almost eight years or so before I went out west. Before you took off. So that's out, where you knew. Yeah, and I was oh. out west for over 10 years, about 11. So between Portland and then out to west was a 20-year period. Um, I was in Portland for the better part of 10 years before the town kind of turned into what it is now. You know, yeah. and I left around 05, 06. And the restaurant scene was just kicking up on the hill and kind of coming into effect more and more then. Mm. And that has changed a lot. Portland, Lewiston's changing over, you know, gentrifying and, you know, turning nicer, nicer builds and, and yeah. more, well, before this pandemic and hopefully soon again, um, the pickup into the wreck and leisure industry in the main. Yeah, hoping so. I mean, we're going to need uh, some industries to, to become a little bit more expansive, not just on the coastals, not just in the mountains, but it needs to be the other Others, I agree. Actually. I think as a state, we should be selling ourselves. Well, I think it's going to on its own based on the di like what we're all going through. Through, in yeah, the world. sure. It's almost pushing that in a way for people to have air, space, freedom, movement. Maine's got a lot of that to offer. Yeah. Um, again, I, we talked about it. I'd have interest in social use someday, you know, if, if it can go to that someday again safely. Mm -hmm. um, yes. It, but otherwise, it's part of the infrastructure either way to the state of Maine is an artisan small batch craft state um, and we offer the finest when it comes to staying, eating, drinking and enjoying cannabis, you know. Well, let me ask you, you had a chance when you were out in California and I'm going to bring this back to Maine because of your comparisons about talking about Maine craft cannabis, like some of the best. When you were out in California, um, Comparatively speaking, are we, you've had a chance to see a lot of different grows, a lot of different end products through the years. Probably uh, mostly you, your own and what you guys were growing. Uh, I'm assuming it's not like, it's not like there was a uh, brief period of time years ago here in Maine where you could see packs all over the place and get yeah. a better idea of right. the quality of what was out there um, on an overall. Since stores have come about in the last couple of years, I have noticed a, a higher trend. I'm not saying we've achieved like a, the highest status I think we're possible to as an industry. We're still growing up and we're still, there are a lot of rooms that just got dialed in this year too because there was a lot of growth that some people were experiencing and wanted to head towards. Um, are we comparable with some of the best flower that you've come across? And in, in, in you've had 
You've been doing this for a while. Of now. course. I mean, you're yeah. you're invested in decades, a I lifetime, think it's even. Very speaking. comparable. Um, some of the better stuff that's out there these days. With, <clears throat> with you know, I've I've been on this ticket for a while and learned a lot out west on the organic, regenerative living soil method that I've always been with, um, from my parents even. Yeah. Right. At home, and now what I see is you know again like just like the turn from, you know, we get great extraction work and I love the work that those friends actually put in on clean products and availability to a desired med medical product for people yep. with it. Yep. Otherwise the solventless game's just taken off. It's grown wings and where people didn't recognize something back five years ago, they are making it now mm -hmm. and making it well. I've seen, you know, the flower looks great that I see. I don't get out much off the farm and really kind of like producing essential medicine the best that we can. There's a lot of your contact with it when you go and you do your drops at stores. Yeah, I do. I see and I check out that. So you get a chance is, yeah, to take a look at it. That's when I take a look and my friends will show me some things here and there. And I obviously check out some, you know, social media feeds and follow at least by look if I can't get into it and check it out. Mm. Um, been using my own medicine for a really long time and I trust it. So it's not to knock anyone else. I just use my own. But no, uh, yeah, you have confidence. Looks, you have confidence in what you're doing. I know what's you in know it the process yeah. of what you're doing, so it makes it an easy. But it looks really good out there. The horizon looks looks positive and bright here in Maine, and I know everyone's seeing it, hearing it, catching on to it. At least is that there's a real artisan nature to what people do here. Um, I brought out my Mainer independence that I have. And into California, I was very stubborn, actually, and I worked independently. To work with at first? I, no, working independently. I didn't, I didn't concede to working for other people at the big farms under their structure gotcha. that they had. And it was tougher than heck a lot were of there, times. Were there a lot of opportunities like that at that point well, in 2006, Mostly only opportunities out there for working for other folks that were established. Yeah. So for me to go my mainer way... The way I was able to was this was through the genetic side where I was a, a main breeder because where I'm, you know, in Maine growing even started breeding at 19, you know, and it's it, have been doing it since and and applying it to the outdoor. That's more. such a young age to be getting into breeding, I, I feel. That's yeah. a little bit different, isn't it? No. Yeah, 1920 and had some opportunities to, yep. and some knowledge gained at the time from some folks, too, and had a real interest in it. It was the reason being, actually. The first three plants I ever grew out in back of my house in Mercer at age, you know, 15 into 16, I one of them was a male, but only one. So one plant lived yep. out of three. Yep. Two of them got dug up. One of them got to be about <laughs> three feet tall in the shade, you know, under some trees. And lo and behold, it popped out balls, you know, <laughs> nothing that looked like a flower, but no, no, what we no. called a bud. You know, and I kind of scratched my head, but then I did a little research and talk about it to other folks and stuff or yep. some elders, and that's a male. Yeah. You know, so I actually got to see, even though I didn't get anything from the first time trying, which is so much to it anyway that you're going to, you know, it's 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 meant for failure. It needs to be more goes. calculated when you're going to do it. That's it's where it's meant, most effective. You're meant to fail. Yeah. And that's a hard thing for people to accept that failure is actually what teaches us how to do things more correctly, you know, or to learn uh, more full spectrum where you don't just jump into a clone. I want to get to the Cali. You, um, Evan, had brought up uh, your time out there, and you had a little 
I want to revisit the Frenchie Cannoli uh, yeah. relationship or, or knowing he was creating something. He was the first influence, in, in a sense. On No. No, no, no you no. had other influences. No, I like before. his style. To talk about a little bit, what I like Please. is... Please, yeah. Okay, so I really do have just a lot of respect for Frenchie Cannoli between what he, share, what he makes, yep. what he shares... And his uh, philosophy and how he shares and where, you know, maybe not all the way came from, but from my knowledge of where he came from when I was out in Garberville or in the Southern Humboldt area, that he, from what I see, was a very local working person where he's maybe now famous even, but not afraid to and keep working at a local distribution point. Yeah. Yeah. In that region, you know, yeah. and small, you know, and gone really big since then. I don't know. I, I haven't been out in a while, but to see if he's still out of that location, I assume he probably is, honestly. He seems like that. Knowing him enough. Type of a person. And yeah. that's one of the things, honestly, besides like some, you know, technique that he offers everyone. Yeah. That is really from, I don't know fully, but I think some Turkish style or at least press to activate, you know, mm -hmm. uh, hot water bottle style, Turkish style rolling and pressing of, of the, of the bubble, you know. Know, which is bubble water hash with us, obviously, in these days. Yes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and I, I just, I got a lot of respect for what he does and how he shares it. But you we adapted did, it. You went, we, we uh, not, not adapted it, but you created something some very unique too, though, to that's what That's why you I bring it up. Yeah, yeah, we've adapted it and gone in our own direction with it, for sure. But, I mean, I've been bubble hashing for 20 years also. So some of the stuff I'm applying, even coming back into whole plant dry work, some of the trim runs for quality you know, alchemy in it to turn, you know, trim into something so good. Been doing that for a long time already. That was nothing new. And I started on isolator bags in 99, 2000 was the first bags we used. <laughs> Mila's kid or something, I guess. But I, I don't know the whole lineage of who, who made it, whatever. We shifted to bubble bags now, you know, with the full micron separation, yep. higher quality yep. uh, bags. Do you like them better? Or, or is it I just like a, we like them? I don't know better. I better the isolator was more rudimentary. It was even just several micron traps on the original ones we had. You know, actually, yeah. the funny story is that was they weren't mine. I don't believe it was. It was Royal River. It was, you know, was uh, Royal's bag set back then. Oh, was it ninety nine two thousand? And you know, back when the East Coast sour diesel that was the raunchiest thing you've seen came around. Uh, well, I didn't know it by name. You know, I, I was uh, I was only being fed, and, and I if, saw that if my back dealer then too. if my dealer yeah. uh, knew what the no, flavor I was. No, I saw East Coast sour diesel first time through Royal River friend Jordan, and that's it was, right. Yeah, and it yep. was raunchy, raunchy. Never seen herb like that. And then even the first bubble hash turned was there. But but both of us actually had some tie into um, visiting Amsterdam. So oh, you that did. was a large part of it. Yeah. When I was, you know, 19, 20, I went, I think, 19 the first time over. And I went for two to three weeks, actually, I think three weeks. Everything I, from the architecture and the historical value of a, of a uh, I'll still call it a small, big city. Man. You know, that place is lit, honestly. Yep. And, and to this day, I can what, only imagine at 19 what that was like yeah, oh, too. It was mind with intention. And it was I'm, beautiful. What you just said, I came in in this place that was unique, but historical European architecture yep. and tight roads, fast moving, really organized, you know, and then just super cool, yep. like the staying the districts, the canals, and the open vibe in nature. I mean, psilocybin was 
delivered by vans into smart shops that you could purchase legally there then. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- obviously, hash bars. It was a full scene and a full menu. Were, yeah, a full had, exploration. Yeah, and I had done a little bit of research, word of mouth, talked to my friend that had been there already, yep. Yep. and I had a good idea of where to go. And I tried, I ran the gambit a bit for the first week of seeing who was who, who was, what was what. We just kept getting stuck back to the damp crang and smoking Soma's work, you know, and <laughs> Riff Man's real, real deal Moroccan, ooh, like Nepali temple ball from Nepal or Moroccan super kiff that was red and gooey, doughy and bubbled, you know? <sighs> so that's where I came on to the first real hash, and that is where it came from for my love of I was going to say, I always thought just from my experience and being there and then... In, and uh, when I first laid eyes on on like one of your temple balls uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, I believe, somewhere around there, um, or maybe it was a little, I, I thought it reminded me of the hash that I had seen in Amsterdam or aspects of it. So that was the first thought that ran through my mind. Yeah. And I'm only making connections historically a no, little bit more through talking to people true. like you or it's people true. who know so and there was another spot i just want to mention you know a couple cool spots of history to mention so the damp krang was was lit the rokery but the hash spot that came in out in amsterdam the second time i went actually a couple years after and i was able to spend time into harlem below south of amsterdam with some really cool unique coffee shops with unique hash yeah from like you know china or something and then I, it was you know really unique and then I was able to go to a shop called Resin. And that was really cool. It was a new day hash shop that they had there. And this is before the days of melting dabs, you know. So mm. you were talking about like really gooey, gooey, full melt, micron specific, not the six star clear quality, but stuff like honestly, like we're pulling for that tier for our select micron. Oh, yeah, right, right. Although, yeah, but kind of a good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily a full spec, you said, but close to, like, a lot of aspects. Yeah, and then to yeah. go back to that, because you mentioned, you know, kind of go circular, but back and forth with the yeah, freeze sure. drying. We're not opposed to it. I'm going to run some tests. If we get micro pockets of moisture or results that don't, you know, aren't pleasing, then we will have to even change tech, you know, to go to freeze drying for yeah. remediation of, of, you know, molds and mil- whatever, yeast and whatnot. We, we will find out more, I'm, I'm believing, and have had some testing done to look back into and more. To, I'd like to be current with it right now, and I'm working on it in the next week or two to get everything with the current check on on full testing, though, not cannabinoid profile stuff in terps. I'm How can you test, though? Because you're, you're really kind of putting uh, together a different type of end product that a lot of other sources tend to... Um, there's a lot of taking away from. You're not taking no away necessarily. You're just sort of creating a, you sort of cook it or you sort of get it into this right motion to become something. Right. So does does that already lend itself just by the process being a little bit more of a organic approach to it, less an extraction? Mechanical separation. Right. Um, does that... Does that lend it to not testing? Like, how, how will it be fairly tested in I that sense? I wish I had those answers right in my hand right now, what my gamble or belief is with it. I spoke to I Nova think, Analytics uh, a couple days ago, and they don't necessarily, I, and it wasn't about like this, and I should have had the foresight to think, hey, I'm meeting Brian, but this question just came up in my head now. So, <laughs> But, um, and testing, really, they're just basing a lot of their data off of what's given to them. And so the search out is from the state 
and they're doing their due diligence, but the, the idea is where does this data, where does this set of guidelines come from? All Nobody really all, knows. All of us, all of us, you know, in terms of. Um, oh, we'd have to give them that back. That's what I. That's I what we like, need to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah I especially think that'd be prominent um, caregiver, <clears throat> prominent producers of fine medicine. Yes. And if we're calling it fine, then it should have legs to stand on. And Correct. Proof. And I'm not, I'm not anti-test or anything. I actually think you know, it's it's something that will will really prove the quality, not just say it. You know? I'm, I'm for testing. I am, and I'm, and I'm fine with it being implemented even in the medical program. I think, I think right it gives method. validity to it, but I think the testing needs to be proper and understood. It does have to be. I there needs to be this transparency of what, where yeah. the numbers come from Obviously, and why. molds are bad, yeast, um, yeah. I don't know. And they don't seem to a lot of people either. I don't know currently. There's probably more information on like a yeast you know, count that's too high. Mm. For instance, being one of the things, I'm not going to go deep with it because I'm not knowledgeable enough to know which sure. things to pick on. But I just think there's so much variation from batch to batch. I've even heard some tales told of sm this will help people, maybe smaller portioning on the chunk size offered for entry for sampling. Mm. That larger chunks of, say, flour will hold micro pockets or macro, even bigger pockets of moisture that aren't consistent with the whole load. Okay. So yes, I've been right, told that not right, to cheat not the system. I've been told that people don't. I've literally been told by someone that, that they don't people don't know how to test their cannabis in terms of where it comes from the grower, that they should be portioning out more equally distributed throughout the whole bag for smaller sizing distribution, which is a truer read on the testing versus yeah, grabbing be. a large chunk, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, it would be. So people might know more. I'm I'm stepping back into more testing now, but I've been tested up fifteen years ago, started that with the emerald cup that I entered. You know, five, six years of entry. But so was the uh, um, testing that was done for the Emerald Cup, that, that come, was that California-based testing? Yeah, you know. Is that the, what it, that's probably what it would have been at the I, time. I right? only competed in that cup for those five, six years, so I don't know. I do know that was the most professionally organized cup that I've taken part in, in terms of requiring medical proof. Oh, of, okay. Uh, yep, as oh, a good. patient at least. Okay. Be required upon entry. So then, they felt that that was an important. Oh yeah, and then also to, to share it is when Emerald Cup went big into the Santa Rosa, the fairgrounds in Sonoma, it became it was always testing at hand, but the testing's very full sweep. Everything that SC Labs could possibly test for back then, they were stuff we didn't even know about. Uh, yeah, you know? right. I you think even, it's been condensed down a little bit more as time's gone I on hope now? So. I haven't checked that back in, and like I haven't a... competed in the cup now for five to six years since I've been back here, yeah. you know? Um, no, sure, yeah, you relocated. What was that lot. like, by the way? What's up? The, um, going into the Emerald Cup. And oh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I went to two or three years before it went big where it was at the Area 101 in Mendocino. And okay. I think it was Laytonville, but it was, you know, just really smaller crew, still a few hundred people. I saw Willie Nelson's son perform. Oh, no doubt. People like that <laughs> still would, almost celebrity would show up to it, though, because it's still the Emerald Triangle. And it was back then the roots of the Emerald Cup. Right. And it was a tighter family. I even competed back then a little bit. And then it went really big swing into the California thing, like I said, and it was a really cool experience. I looked forward to it every year, and the biggest win, I, I never caught a placed win. I actually caught a win from a fifth place disqualification when it went the first year, it went big. I had several types that even, from what I understood, got into the top 20 
one of them was with a fifth place and the only DQ they had on the board, it was such a bummer and it was something that was a, a microbacterial count that was just too high for what was acceptable. Uh. And it was so unknown even then yeah. that when I asked the people running it for an explanation, nobody could, nothing. I had to work on it for a few years and was able to derive that a high protein fish powder for aminos that I was using perhaps kicked up even off the topsoil top dressing mm-hmm. or perhaps made it under advisement into some foliar washing that it shouldn't have, you know, or higher dose than it should have been used at perhaps. Had you and, been, and still, I don't know. It was one of those yeah, things. You're you know? probably never going to get but an answer on that. But it was, a, it was a slightly too high bacterial count. However, to go back to it, the win that I got from that, though, was yep. absolutely learning. And it was how to make things cleaner. I did derive that your dry room should be more sealed in terms of poly or linoleum seal. That wood and cement. Um, how come poly and, and, poly and, just, and linoleum as a don't protection? Trap, don't, don't trap um, spores or bacteria. Okay. As, as an absorb like a living or dead wood would or can, or even a cement that's porous. So that again, not proof in the put not stuff that's hard fact either. That's just information that I pulled from some other people. No, at, sure, but it's something that you've worked with. Uh, you, I think the most professional person in it that had experience that I knew was tied to the cup, that that's what I asked, and they said, get the dry room real sealed, like that, poly sealed. Mm-hmm. Even wrap it, poly wrap if you have to, and then controlled humidity, obviously, you know. I like, um, do you know Dave at Hazy Hill? I, oh, I don't know Dave's last mine. name. Okay. Yeah, Dave I and think I they have a, back. yeah, he's got a cedar drying room now. Beautiful. On one, well, cedar, uh, one of their facilities. Actually, cedar, Does that make a good, uh, that's a good idea? I, see, it's beyond me, and I know I just was what I was told out there for cleanliness, hygienic dry, but on that note, cedar, from what I understand, has a, an antimicrobial nature. Oh. To the wood itself, uh, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure between the bark or the wood, so one that would not allow in microbial, even maybe fight it or deter it. Very interesting. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm not sure, but I think that is what's up. Um, I, I've speculated. Now, I was thinking about like, uh, was that something to do with the humidity levels as well, controlling or? It would absorb. It, it would, wouldn't yeah, it, right? No, I, I'm so it might have like that type of I bet, effect I bet one too. thing, I bet it smells really good. Uh, that's what I was thinking I too. Cedar. I'm like, well, how does it change and that? How cool is that? A custom cedar room when Maine's has such a good amount of cedar, you know, like a natural Maine yeah. wood. Could really wood put, fiber, yeah, yeah, it could do that. So I didn't know if that was going to catch on. But I also assume that Sounds a lot cool. of people who um, think about one of the most key impo- uh, components when there, there's a lot of good flour out there. There's a lot of good craft flour, I would assume. But sometimes, I think like a benchmark for me now is seeing what the cure is like, what the finished product, how that feels different than anybody or everybody else who potentially could, but it doesn't. Would you agree? Is that always... In terms, you talking about the cure and how much? Yeah, like it makes, I, or? yeah, like what I, I, yeah, it's okay. So I got some from uh, a bud from it passed a couple of hands to get to me, but it, Ryan over at Rugged Roots passed it off. It was uh, Sean over at uh, Mountain Pop Farms, uh, a bud of his, and he just gave me a bud. Say, here, try this. We saw each other outside, and I, I just knew by holding it, it had a different texture. Yeah, everything about it. I was like, wow, this is gonna be. I've been. I've been around a lot of flour. I love flour, like what we were talking about. That's what I'm gravitate towards. Uh-huh. Um, but I could just tell from that point it was going to be something different that I hadn't smoked. And it, and it, 
it was a good smoke, but it was just a, a pleasure to have it in that finished form. Yeah. And it was tight. It felt, it was scratching my hand a little bit. It yeah, was, so I was you know, that hard and yeah. hard and dry, but not over dry. Right. To the point of being dusty at all, right? It all right. held its tact and its resin, its oil. Mm -hmm. When you smoked it, did could it easily have... break it apart with yeah. your hand so too. Nice breakdown. Yeah. The texture was lovely. I mean, that's um, what I look for in flour. Now that now, full and, and Maine has that. I mean, uh, but it. I'm happy to. Hear I've that had that experience because it is there, and people mm. do know better, and they do know different. And like with the emerald, when you catch a you know something for information on how to do things better, it's yep. not an insult actually. It's, no, not intended. But by any no, stretch, and right. when we see the better thing, the better flower out there, that's really what a lot of us are all working towards anyhow. So we will catch on to how to have the good feel, how to have the good smell, how to have the good quality in the smoke go all the way through it, where you translate on the flower from the smell to the taste with a clean burn and a white ash. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all about flavor. It it's all about it how it snap. smokes. Yeah. You don't, uh, I mean, with the with how it's going to look is is great. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But really how it's going to smoke, how it's going to break up, to how it's going to smoke. Industry. You know, in the restaurant game, you have mm -hmm. all kinds of food everywhere, right? You yeah. can get food on every corner. But in the good, fine restaurateur game and in, in the foodie game, you have, it's a culture of its own, and those who know really know their terps, right? So they know what's tasty. They're tasting more than they're filling their gut. Mm -hmm. and, they're go and you can correlate that to cannabis. The effects there with all, almost everything you consume that's cannabis-oriented has a cannabinoid profile. But yeah. the terps are always different, and the enjoyment always. factor to the carry through, you know, right to the effect. Granted, of course, that's the perfect complement to the first, the look, then the smell, then the taste, then the carry through, the effect that just cherry on top. I'm sure that's what you look forward to. I mean, just the way you described it. I mean, my God, you've been doing it forever. And food and care. That's and that's the fun yeah. part is when you come across that, and so. Uh, one of the one of the times I had to come across and had that same feeling was. Uh, um, when I had got some of your gas mask from you, <laughs> that's why I brought up that story as well is because I, it's not often you see a cure that goes that far. We pay a you lot know. of attention to it. I, you know, honestly, I could go on and on about it, but I think one of the like easiest ways to understand it is if folks are on Instagram under, you know, the swamp boys, their cornbread Ricky guy there. Yep. Yep. He, he does give a lot of posting. But this one grabbed me, and it was so sharing and helpful in such a short and defined, quick manner that was understandable, is I believe, you know, people could check it out, but it was something along the lines of 60, 60, two weeks. Oh, no way. Plant, whole plant section, you know, to, I do, two to three foot section. Don't take off any fan leaf other than what you defoliate through the flower. That's what, that's my added there. Yep. Yep. And then I leave it whole, banana leaf wrap it, protect the resin. Two week hang, sixty sixty bin cure for a week, then get the scissors out. You know, <laughs> after scissors, you didn't say anything about this, but then you better, you know, need to go back into yeah, yeah. sealed turkey bag, preferably hard container. Go to a bin. preferably that's go what I from with from a little bit of breathe different on. ways. Go back I've seen to it. the bin to a smaller bin. <clears> I would advise once you're dry out of the bin for the cure. Yep. Go back into smaller bin for volume curing then so you do want to have like a brick volume of it stacked up which then means you better have the game right on getting it to that point you know to the point of cured enough to where it can sit together in a portioning of a pound or greater i contemplate a rhythm punch 
swing and give a punch of broad lunch and scrunch up your rap pages. Eat them like it's licorice, snatch your things, steal your fronts, and turn them to the caves of the motherland. And right on, we are many of us, we, we tend to maybe not forget, but be misled astray perhaps a bit in the new day of industry and of everything that's fast in the politics and legalities and, and the industry side of this, you know? But this is an ancient healing that we're in, and in roles of responsibility as caregivers and medicine providers, that's actually is a healer role. Historically speaking, those who live in the land and of the land or of the sea have never really had a strong connection with, with industry per se. I mean, it's a great, to have the it's benefits a of, part of this for many it is it is and so seeing this trend through a lot of different societies not to get to but it getting away from the land has been happening it's been sliced away at more and more it has and people aren't as uh aren't going they're going to miss it because we're they're not finding that it they enough. do and it's coming back to that even can we the, get back even to the that regenerative nature you see coming into the indoor included that realm as well not just outdoor regenerative farmers in cannabis mm. that's returned back to that you know ancient way with it that's bound to happen you're going to be missing it like you're, you know so but what i it's it's really i think cannabis speaks in a way and evolves on its own rhythm that we don't really understand. And if we're working with it to help the plant evolve, we just have to trust the plant and have faith in it also in its process. And its process has led people all the way from miraculous healing all the way to the penitentiary. Oh, sure. And then it's also led into black market realm or off market into what's now industry and professionality, right? Into mm -hmm. common existence and daily use that's acceptable. That is the plant the whole way through it, speaking and turning and applying itself where needed, even in terms of money value to heal the nation through the, the monetary side. And that's paid attention to, you know, these days in, in our capitalist way of the world, not just America, perhaps more than other things even, especially when you look to media and such. But mm -hmm. the plant is that reminder and through it the whole time that brings us back to that inherent plant knowledge and relationship that we have. And if we nurture it and understand that that is really fulfilling in the gift back to the grower and the farmer as well, you, you know? Yeah, it is. It is such a- Hard to explain. No, it is. You're right. Uh, it is It is a spiritual. It has to be- It's like it's natural for us if we give way to that, you know? And, and But then understanding that the world moves, it changes, just like cultures have changed and people that the plant has been through those times with us, by the way, the whole time, you know, this plant in particular, and this is probably the most noticed plant, not probably on planet earth. Are we gonna get swamped with promises beyond what we who have already had this first uh, look into what's, well, there are generations that before I can't claim that. Um, you know, I guess suppose the 60s was about that time when it, it became more of that underground, like people started realizing. I must have survived, though, too, from its time when it got uh, prohibited back in, like, the late 30s. Yeah. Um, but it had to always have survived. But who was going to have increased a market? I mean, look at the interest. Like, our time. markets today are so different. And it's the wonderful thing is that the anti- or, you know, or no, the prohibition ending, the paradigm shifting means more availability of cannabinoids for people's receptors. 
back then it became a segment of the population, perhaps more dictated by the plant that we didn't know what was happening mm. during its mm. prohibition period, where it actually reached the masses on the ground level of people that were reaching for even off-market sales out of the traditional medical, mar you know, pharmaceutical scope. So you had people that maybe couldn't afford other medicine or other daily relief or didn't trust it, rightfully so. They, they were seeking it out the back pill. then they too. They were being shoved then, yeah. and they sought it out. And those were people probably, when you look at it, that were you know willing to go there, but also on street level, or in the country pockets of Maine, quiet, right? That so, were using this freely amongst ourselves, probably helping ourselves. Actually, you know, have we revisited? So, was there a time before? more recent that like forms of uh, RSO would have already been available? Like are we to go before prohibition? Would it, you think it existed or do you think people are mostly using just like a hash or a America in America, I suppose. Um, Cause I know the world my is a different. You can't like a Rick Simpson oil. My dad made hash since the seventies even, and he'd share it with his friends at his Christmas parties every year and such. And it would be reduced in a crock pot type cook, either with water reduced and then dry, you know, yeah. I don't know exactly, but it was more like a, probably a hash tar hash oil yeah. even then. And obviously they really liked it and people, you know, talk about it still. So I'm only going to point value. my finger at Southern because I remember hearing more like uh, you hear of um, voodoos and, and like. Well, it, like the peace pipe. For yeah. like they, I mean, if you think about it, the Native Americans also used a lot of cannabis like in medicinal forms. Well, they did. Yeah. Um, hold on. Um, Brian, uh, Evan was just saying. Evan, you want to repeat it? Oh, yeah, no, I was just saying that, that, that the Native Americans used uh, cannabis in a lot of medicinal applications, too. They believe, I think, like, after a, I'm sorry, what? I imagine they did. Yeah, no, it's like a, a lot of the times I think uh, after people were sick, they'd often, like, consume cannabis, and it was, like, considered as a way to, like, a psychological aid to get one going, so. I mean, it makes sense if you ever had a hangover, mm -hmm. and you take a hit of a joint, it's about all it takes sometimes to bring you back to ground level. Yeah, you replaced Advil that quickly, you know? Yeah, it's or like, if you've been sick, you know, even better than Advil, Advil can't touch what that does. Right, know, no, that's what I'm saying, exactly. well-being that you achieve from, like, a couple puffs, you know? Yeah. I remember from back in the day, that's all that would bring me out, you know, when I was rough, and then even, at, like you said, after a sickness, when you're okay <laughs> to consume something, smoke yep. something, mm -hmm. always make you feel better, you know? The funny thing is I find with cannabis through these times and what we've termed it as being high or a high, the, the interesting thing is I think it's really cannabis being such a homeostasis uh, medicine to bring us back to human normality and human feeling good. Mm. We, we've gone so far from that, I think, in yeah. a way, right? That to enjoy life like we were just talking about earlier and the simplicities in it and such. Oh, yeah. That we've gone so far astray that even feeling good and feeling right as a human has now been termed high for years and drug-oriented. And really, cannabis is unlike any other drug. We all know that. Yeah. And it's in that way, what it is, is it reminds us of the good feeling that we have already in us to, that we can achieve to be human. And it's, of well, course, a, a tool. Good point. Never really thought of that, how we were terming it. And it's and how so we're gonna, profoundly. And we're probably going to continue to term it that, but... But it's worth noting. Yeah, you're right. It's now more needed than ever as we're further away from it. Mm. So that's why it's so profoundly reached for, I, I personally, my opinion, believe for too, whether it's in on ground level now available everywhere in the market that, you know, it's people need cannabis and it's actually, it's, it's making its way in, you know, everywhere it can. It feels, yeah, there's 
give or take about 35, 36 uh, states now that are medical, I believe, somewhere around there. Wow. And, some, and um, nearing like 25 who are wreck uh, to some degree or another, whether stalled or not stalled. Sure. So we're talking about a greater than 50% uh, portion. I know that the education isn't even close. Well, I mean, we've got a lot of catching up to do. And so I... and. Not just uh, not just us passing along the benefits and, and and the positives of what it is, but maybe creating a new language and a new idea is based off it. Yeah, well, I think one big uh, you know indicator would be flower, mm. where you look at you know people that are talking about cannabis these days for yeah. the most part, all of them. It used to be weed. It used to be a bud. It's not. Everyone's calling you know. It used to be grass. Yep. It's not yeah. Yeah. Right not grass anymore it's the flower thank god yes it is flower yeah i've been terming it that for quite a while now too and that's a turn you know so that's even a, you know but a, the perception that does come from because it is more of a craft and it's a really big one on a small term change really when you look at it because that is what it really is though is a flower from a plant <laughs> somebody's going to tell the portland press herald and some of these other newspapers that we prefer that hey, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> they love flower. pot and they love gra- uh, weed those so. are terms that are that's the same mindset of using those terms to grab that old attention with it and that connotation yeah, yeah. you know I hate saying that it's uh, derogatory and negative, but in, in it a way, is. It's, it, it is. is. It's, it's defaming it in a way, you know, or demeaning to it in the respect that it should hold for terminology. Even, mm-hmm. and then also, it doesn't have to have the respect. It could just be basic to say it's a flower, mm. which it might be profound, which it is, you know, but it's still, in essence, it's a flower from nature. Right. Yeah, it certainly is. It just presents so different at you know the why end. That's, that's also what makes it very special, very noticed. And we know why Imagine. it's so troubling, is that anything so simple as a flower, why would it ever have had the name put on it or gone through what it's gone through? Mm. You know? Right, well, yeah, then you start to look at like the war on drugs. Right. And it's like this never-ending rabbit hole of YouTube videos. But that's, Yeah, that's a war on weed. Yeah. Now we're in the new day and we're flourishing with the flower. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. It's, it's a lot of the... A lot of these policies, it's kind of funny too, not to like get political or anything about it, but it seems like they've just been left there, like as if just left on the back burner and everyone's kind of like, yeah, well, they don't really make sense. So we're still not sure why they even happened, but no one questions them. You know, it's like even in the states that like decriminalize mushrooms and uh, have decriminalized cannabis and been on the forefront of that or other natural drugs, even, you know, it's like some like peyote and things like that. I think those things are, were really made illegal in a time where, there was just this negative look on anyone that did it, you know. I, it, I think so. It was yeah. trying to attack rather well. Then you have groups to look of people why. that used it rather than the actual. Like they weren't trying to. They didn't really care about cannabis or mushrooms. They cared about the people that were using it. Yeah, we <laughs> have to look at why, and we have to look at the they. Mm-hmm. Like when we say they, who are we talking about? I mean, it, you know. And when it comes down to it, why would that have even happened? Why would there be states that are moving towards alternative healing and acceptance of it? Probably because I'm guessing anyway. Just guessing. They have a stronghold that is strong enough on real medicine or real learning, even learning and truth. And it's a large enough constituency of people that support that between even the doctors, the lawyers and and the citizens that they can actually stand up to the powers that be. And I don't have to say who they are. We all know. For one thing, it's the pH guy. The pharmaceutical industry has a real stronghold seemingly because there's almost no other explanation. Right. 
There isn't any other explanation. So there. Well, well I you think, think we've been it. very aware of this. The, well, I, I suppose. Microdosing mushrooms has been proven, or psychedelics has been proven to bring people out of depression. That's what I've been hearing. And so yeah. if you think about that too, combined with, well, some people could say for the outside, well, they don't really care about stuff like that. Well, they do because it, that starts to eat away slowly but surely and they see how it can garner some steam and all of a sudden their profits are gone. Well, you know, the no one wants to changes and the money. Go, yeah, the money changes the money. That's, mm -hmm. that's what we follow. We follow the money and that's typically where it comes from. It's yeah. fear is really what it comes down to is was a pharmaceutical stronghold on things everywhere. And then a fear of alternative medicine. Yeah. Which are granted, I guess, is if they're really concerned about the stronghold and the money and the power means money, then yeah, that would be threatening to that structure. I don't know how you can, but but that's it too. There needs to be a greater recognition, a greater inclusion, Just education, or or yeah. Otherwise, I mean, well, uh, education and legislation, too. Obviously, legislation. like you know, uh, the education of what is, and then the availability to use it freely or safely and responsibly. Of course, education comes with the responsibility factor, and then it has to be the gateway opened up for the ability to try that if it will help you heal. They have to have the ability and the availability to try for safely. It. But I think education, yeah. the biggest thing about it is that like breaking down your own ego too. at the same time. You see, I see a lot of these conversations that people have <laughs> about like a, about like politics and stuff like that. And a lot of times, even if they're backed into a corner and there's no way of getting out of the argument with by making some valid points, it, they still end up skirting their way out and believing what they want to believe. You know, even if the evidence smacks them right hard in the mouth. And so that's just like, I think education is important, but there's some people that no matter what, just aren't going to believe it. The well, facts you know aren't what? the facts then because we they'll don't say, I'll forever. find Exactly. We don't live forever. That's a generation that has understood where they're coming from a bit. Anyway, I understand what that perception comes from. And if they can't, if those folks can't lift the perception into the new day of understanding of plant medicine, then it will only take another generation where the children have heard it and they will come into that next new day. And even if they're raised by a family that preaches against such things as plant healing, mm -hmm. they will still have been exposed to the idea, which was not exposed freely before on a mainstream level. No one ever heard that Oregon people could buy psilocybin mushrooms legally in the United States. So no, even if it's true, it's, yeah, there's still, a, right, there's still a group of people who don't know. And I, some of those children become adults with a with the willingness to try that healing of plant medicine nature out. They might end up going away from the herd and and what they were taught and actually trying. It. And then that the perception will be lifted. That would lead us back to the land more. Well, it's going to be lifted whether people want it to or not. Just the slight mention and then the movement of the gateway opening politically with that knowledge. And mm -hmm. that's what is happening right now. It seems to be taking on anyway. I've even heard Florida. Someone just threw out that Florida is going to move to, to some psychedelic um, understanding or legality. Oh, wow. Mm. Wow, really? Yeah, See, I'm, psilocybin. I've heard. Oh, okay. Okay, that, 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 might, that would make sense. I, I'd like to see that, I suppose. Uh, I, I, well, I, if for, it helps and people there should yeah. have the ability to be able to try, you know, safely. No, I've always, um, in having psychedelics, it's always been with other people around. So it's always been with trusted people and uh, not always, there was once I, I didn't, but still my introduction to it was a very spiritual introduction. And so that's how I treated it. For, that's what, how, that's the way I always wanted to treat it. Uh -huh. A little bit more of that reclaim, um, reclaiming energy that you feel, I suppose that you've lost. Okay. Yeah. That's what, that's what I would find from it. But, 
Um, Scattering the perception to put the pieces back together again. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, and sometimes, so... In, in an order Sometimes that, things need to break in order for them to get yeah, put back and, together, and, and, and it's not going to be the same. People run away from where <clears> they're from all the time, only yeah. to find themselves come back home again with a different understanding of the world. Mm. That's much what the psychedelic experience would be, would be scattering and shattering the perception into fractals, perhaps, and then putting the pieces like a puzzle back together again, but in a way that you understand. Yes. That has present mindset at state, that mm -hmm. you can put the pieces of your life together and actually you know, uh, make your, your picture, your puzzle of what is and who you are more according to what you've been able to let go of perhaps and put into pieces of, of what is now. Yeah. I, I felt it always within what, and only being mushrooms, I haven't uh, delved into other psychedelics, but and having used mushrooms, it always felt like this new conversation was still contained happening within uh, my being. But some veils had come open and so you start to see it but yet i understood that I, this was always there this knowledge was always there i was always i just there. wasn't <laughs> yeah. so i was always and there. and i can hear myself now yeah <laughs> there you are self <laughs> <laughs> but anyways well you know back to the hash though maybe. yes I please mean, so i guess to go back in if you don't mind i was i talked about those couple tiers we have and then there is that third tier mm -hmm. um into the rosin category so we've been kind of hitting some work there um i personally have been you know doing the pressing and kind of a little over a year just hit the low templates all by learning and i really recommend that it definitely you know takes some time but yep. i've been able to get product or medicine you know, out of it that is what I'm looking for and what I'm happy to get out, you know, and um, between temperature, technique, inputs, obviously being the huge thing. And, you know, it's gold in, gold out for real, you know. Um, nice to take product and move it into that form. Yeah, it is. And, and to do it by, well, by your hand as well. One of the things that's so cool with our hash structure, with the three tiering program we have between the classic broad spectrum Yep. You know, hash, which often comes from trim, but will include even some whole plant, you know, separations into it. That what, What's so cool is we're actually right now, and I was talking earlier about this, is we're utilizing that cannabis plant to the fullest potential. And oh, you're taking everything. Especially when we're doing our trim hash, honestly, because we're taking the flowers from, you know, top to mid, even bottoms, or most of them. Nothing too small gets in for quality product to flower to the patient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that keeps that shiny. And, you know, we're, we're dusting up our quality there just in terms of, of the sizing of flour available. And we're able to then process everything else that's viable in terms of fine trimming and the little flowers, which we have with our trimmers figured out to where they take uh, care in making sure that the trim looks really good. So yeah. it's, it's really equally, and I tell them that, just as important for that it's the to be... For that to be clean and, mm -hmm. and quality as it is for the flower. We rely on that. And, you know, the cool part being also is that we're now separating select micron for that tier two hash mm -hmm. availability, the blobs. And we're then also pulling exclusive tier, you know, which we're calling that exclusive for this, again, micron select rosin pressing. So mm -hmm. we'll get some cultivars such as gas mask, where the recent one we were just turning and, and that the hash maker friend and I at the farm this morning and we're talking about how cool it is that we're actually utilizing the full spectrum of the hash wash outside of the flower even and 
meaning that we're going to... Outside of the flower? Well, we'll take the flower, and then we'll have some, say, for the trim, we'll, we'll pull the trim from yep. the fine trimmings and the littles. We'll, yep. make, we'll make our bubble hash from that. Um, let's say we will end up pulling from the 25 micron all the way up to the 73, which oh, will, okay, gotcha. If, which if it bonds, but gas mask it bonds like they all do, <laughs> and we'll throw that micron set. So I'm not calling it full spectrum. That's a broad spectrum on the classic, which will be anywhere from 25 up to the 73, or sometimes actually rather up to the 90. So 25 to 90. You know, and then we're doing our select, which will be in the realm of maybe a 73 through 160, mm -hmm. but typically a 90 or a 120 bag. You know, so then we're able to say for gas mask, I would pull the, the bottom set, you know, micron set, broad spectrum for the classic. We would pull out the 90 micron for a select. And this might perhaps lean, actually, I'd correct myself more towards a whole plant washing, perhaps, or even like half plant washing after the <laughs> tops are taken, you know, so that we'll, we'll be able to pull the bottom set for the classic. We'll pull the 90 out for the select and make a greasy ball blob there. And then I've been finding that the 120 micron, especially on trim or whole plant, has been a beautiful micron set. And I've seen some people working with it lately, too, for, for cured flour hash or cured trim hash that 120 set is a really shiny bright and pristine looking set mm -hmm. and so i'll end up pulling you know that micron 120 for the pressing the 90 for the blobs and everything else for the classic ball how are you finding people are uh, in in having a lot of these different offerings are you, are they medicinally different with how they come through? Or? Uh, yeah, 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 they are. You know, I mean, in terms of the medical intensity, even, or effect, I would say, like the delivery, we were talking about like a, like a solventless um, full melt dab or, mm. a, or a rosin dab yeah. is going to be a really quick and powerful delivery of, the, of cannabis, you know? And it hits quick, it hits hard, but it's also clean and, and it's chemical-free, and it's in a way lighter than the flour of heavy flour consumption, even mm. just straight flour. Yep. But then it's definitely a picked up value from like, you know, say flour to classic ash to the really blobby melty stuff and then into the full melt rosin category. And, uh, you know, I, I, a couple years ago, I think, I, did I touch on this? I wasn't sure if the hash industry was going to, if it, how it was going to be received. And part of it was... Very well. <laughs> um, it, it's turned out to be extremely sought after, but it was one of the unknowns because they hadn't really played on a market within the state. Um, and, and all forms have, you know, just how people, it only makes sense that it does, but um, it's been really good. You've increased a larger, uh, a, 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 a greater audience towards well, what we're, you're doing, we're right? we're working with it for sure. You're able to do that kind of production, like maybe say a little bit more than... Um, when you first, yeah, we're picking it up as we can. I, yeah. I talk about that a little bit is like, and there are other folks doing this hash thing too. I can't name all the names. Sure. I know there's sure. just beautiful hash pouring out, you know, Good. Royal <laughs> hazy, I, you know, wisely amazing hiker trash just for a few and not to leave anyone out. There's a lot more, but they're just beautiful, beautiful melts. And mm -hmm. Oh, come on. You got to mention the OGs, the hot and heady Teddy, the mega raw, uh, those people, you know, oh, I shouldn't them. have. Yeah. I shouldn't have left out, especially at least, um, mega. Yeah. He's been, sure. he's been big, you know, Tucker's been, like a, I said, a there's supporter. a list of them. There's even more. There'd be other, Oh, people there's too countless that would be upset. now. There's, there's <laughs> countless. So it, 
and, it, and yeah, it's sort turning. of the way you called it too, though, because because um, you knew uh, like uh, what market you wanted to play in. Within, yeah, I've had faith uh, and trust and, in this yeah. with like even with the hash maker today as well. Before this, you know, uh, meeting, I just talked with the hash whisperer yep. and about how cool it was that we you know launched this this pocket of our cannabis, you know, yep. of the medicine with complete faith and belief and trust in it. And I kind of, I, you know, see it as the way and, and it's just one of the, one of the ways, but it is a, a real true clear path to no pun intended to the real medicine. Mm-hmm. And it will sh- teach you of your growing. It will teach you of your cultivation techniques. It will show you what's into it. It will show you what your cultivar is or not. So there's so much to it also to come into the hashing as almost like an answer to, you know, to the question of when you're farming this plant. Are you doing any videos? You should be. Which, I think taking uh, through, just through the no, process. I'd like of, to log some I think, of it this yeah, year. Yeah, I think so. They're, they're out there. There are a few here. There, there. are, yeah. Did a string of hash churches, but that's just more social. Collect like them this. a little bit. Yeah, I'd like to I on the farm. So. And, and I have some to put the pieces together. I've done, you know, some walk through drone footage, talk, walk and talk. Because it's a lot um, of good history and it's a, a, a nice form. It's a, such a subtle, different form for people who aren't aware of. And, and it's increasing now, but you took part in that. You were part of Oh, happy like, to. Yeah, yeah, happy to. And that's, again, yeah, part of a group of a lot of people doing wonderful things right now, too, with the hash. And here in the main, it's just like the artisan small batch flower thing game going on. And when I touched upon myself into California with my mentality and the breeding, I didn't go far with it, but that's what got me in there as an independent, able to work in that community. It was breeding? As a Mainer, it was having breeding and genetics on hand that I could share with that community. I, I launched a good amount of strawberry diesel back then that I had you know, seeds of, quite a few, yep. um, multiple types, honestly. And, and that was a gateway in where there was trust actually from that community back because to share it back there, different from Maine, we wouldn't understand. Some of the stuff's so different that out there is a very reliant system upon clones and cuttings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I even did a lot of cloning yep. for the industry, for the community, the medical community, and and for dispensary really. For that was a, you know a lot of work with them mm-hmm. and for certain cuts and reason being because I knew how to clone well. And I knew how to clone well because I also knew how to breed, at least breed, because I was coming from Maine. We're very independent, we're autonomous, we're self-taught, and, and we're proud of it, actually, stubbornly so. Mm-hmm. So I was very stubborn in that, but people here would understand what I'm talking about. And now even in the Maine with people from the outside coming in, that is the mentality I do still believe embodied here. It's the farm-to-table you know, um, it mentality. is. It's the small batch craft. Evan artisan. talks about that a lot. It's important, and it's not yeah. going to leave. It's what I think, and I'm gathering, even though take it kind of for granted a bit as a Mainer. That is is an attractive thing to the culture and the community and the place here in Maine, and that's what will to touch back on, which we talked about last time to separate Maine from the herd. And it's not to knock anyone else's game. But where would you like to come enjoy your cannabis? Yeah. Like that. Right like how there. good will it be when you do? Now, that can set Maine apart in the new day when, when I don't care. All 50 states will be legal someday, probably, federally. On that day, we need to think like that in a way, too. And if we want our, our community and our industry both to survive and thrive here and not just pick up now but continue to for people, the state, the family, people from here and all coming in. Yep. That it can be something of a, of a stronghold, as I use the word, of our own here, 
on that grassroots level. Yeah, you know, very much. That can be unique and special in the cannabis culture in the world. And I don't mean just like the United States, literally. Maine's, oh, no, the world. Maine's very special, and it would and it is and would be more continued to be faith and trust. If it was nurtured. In. If it, can if it be, had a nurturing relationship. Well, if we can keep intact our, you know, and not be afraid to work and provide medicine either, but to keep intact, which for some of us is just, un, it's inherent yeah. as, as this independent, um, you know, Mainer. So the thing that goes way into this genetic side of things that we're looking at, I've even seen huge pickup on something that we're doing. And I'm talking about, you know, on the hash church and other places, which is, uh, breeding, select, selective breeding for hash plants, you know, created for, you know, what we're even coming into now, hash plants and rosin plants, you know. Do you get a, uh, yeah, you have this chance to get it out there, a oh, larger yeah. And people are testing, impact. pheno hunting is like a term now mm -hmm. these days, everyone's doing it. Pheno <laughs> testing, pheno hunting. Breeders are a dime a dozen, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I'm not knocking it, I'm actually saying that's once again, cannabis speaking. It's yeah. meaning to be, have that done. Then it comes back to the work and the refinement. We can't just have the haywire. We can have it, but if we want to be cool with this and be really helping this plant and the people with it, mm -hmm. then we do have to refine to what's good, you know? No, we do. Yeah, right. we got to kind of govern ourselves in that. And if you find a keeper, keep it. Proliferate it. Share it. Not everything is, you know what I mean? And you can tell. When we talked about a year ago, and I've been seeing it in your Instagram, um, you talked about that you were going for strains and genetics lately that were fruit forward and cookies back end. That was actually back then, and I still do that. I actually well, still, do you? I still do a little that. bit? And I believe in it. I would actually even share that, for, okay, like for people breeding or using strains or wondering what they should be growing outside in Maine, especially without a cover or anything. Yeah. Fruit forward cookie back types, you know. Oh, fuck. You know what I just realized that I should have brought for you, Brian? My <laughs> dad popped a couple of your seeds, and a couple of them came out pretty fucking gas. Good. Which one were I? The Trop Cookies by... Yeah, that's a wonderful... By something else. And then a White Widow by Road Dog. Yeah, that's, yep. Mm -hmm. Dog Walker. Yeah. Dog Walker. No, that's funny. The the uh, white road uh, white walker by Road Dog, a uh, little bit. It's definitely smaller buds. But that yeah. Tropicana cookies cross was well. That was, was really a Trop F two cool. male mm -hmm. that actually a friend gave me back then that thought it was a female. No bullshit. Oh. And said, dude, this is a dude. And they said, you got to come over and pull this thing. I'm gonna whack it unless you want it. And I just drove over, and I just said, I, yeah, I'll take it. It was greasy. It stunk. I could kind of see why he didn't see it, because it, it showed late. But it was ni a nice plan. I dragged it back home, and I painted him on a few things. And that run of gear, I brought some beans to share with you guys. Too. Yes, I, I saw. It. Thank you very some, much. No, yeah, I have some me... more. I got, a, I got a couple baggies. That's, that oh, right I'll raid there, the baggies. That's a, road <laughs> that's a pack of roadhead. So that's headband road dog. I I um F1. I passed some of the seeds on to um, my neighbor out back because uh, he loves to grow outdoor in yeah. the summer and uh, and I entrusted it and you know it was his best crop yet but I don't think he's quite maximizing everything he's doing. It but gets he, better. You he, have to he, fail he, to well, learn. Well, but the, right. Well, he's been doing this a while now, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> he should be better at this the point. The lesson still applies. But uh, it's Unless how much you're going to put into it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, how much was do we learn and, and change? You know, change is something that happens every single second in every day. So no, as, it is as much as we're able to change and adapt and evolve. It is just part of the process. You know? I think well, cannabis has taught me that more than anything else now is that adaptability and that change. Yeah, me too. Um, 
But um, one of those things I just didn't see coming. A cannabis has also taught I me did. a lot about politics. If you think about it too, or like how our local government works, because I don't think, and I think it's a really true. big wake up call for a lot of people that haven't been involved in local politics. Local politics, obviously are small scale prediction of what big time politics are. And I think it, it like, to me, it was a wake up call. Uh, like how things work, how you introduce bills, lobbyist, things like yeah, that. You def- learn about this shit right. in civics, but you never get to like live it. You I have know? to agree. I so. have to agree. I, d- I haven't wanted to live it, but vicariously being into cannabis so much that we have to. We're facing it. We have to. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm, you know, and I'm happy to of have course. that teach me, actually. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with Evan. I, I, it really has turned my ear and eye to things that I wouldn't have looked at otherwise, to be honest with you. Mm, and right. it definitely, especially in Maine, because again, Maine's very different from California, at least in my experience, you know, what I've, where I've been, yep. night and day different. So California's all big show, huge. It went from gray area medical. When I left that year, shifted into commercial medical of, in the Emerald Triangle, mostly, you know, only. And then it went within one year to adult use, which is now king there, as we know. And medical's just basically what, been snuffed out. I don't know if it's reached Pretty its uh, end, but it's heading I, there. I shouldn't say yeah, that because I don't know. But from no, what I'm, I think uh, you're right. I, that's what I thought. Well, when well I they, did such friend, a, they did such a fucked up job there, too. They were like, how many, it, it, like, it was the majority percentage of the stores were all illegal. Well, you know what? Like, it, not even partially legal. Completely just all, like there, screw There's it. problems in all the new day until we figure things out more everywhere a little better. I don't know, but I know, I, I mean, I talked to my friend out west, Mr. Gray, a glassblower friend, and I'm talking at the beginning of pandemic or even, say, a few months, six months into it, even halfway through that year, and I said, what's going on out there? Because, you know, Matt, we're essential service here, and I'm just, you know, at home producing essential medicine. We're allowed to keep doing what we do. Mm-hmm. And I said, how's it going in California? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure Maine adopted almost a Cali-esque, you know, rhythm with that or, or solution, which was essential service, right? Mm-hmm. For medical, yep, for medical cannabis only yep. difference being of understanding I didn't have was they don't have a medical cannabis system. They just term cannabis to be medical. <laughs> See what I'm saying? How yeah, much yeah. of a kicker people don't even, I think to this day know that is that California, yeah, they pumped it out during essential times, but they don't have any dispense medical dispensaries or maybe very few actual, and now even the medical dispensaries have now turned to adult use fold in. So they didn't understand. My friend Scott, Mr. Gray was really even surprised when I told him, wow, Massachusetts isn't even really doing much of right anything during that time because they knocked off the rec shops. Yep. And he just scratched his head, you know, and went, really? And they didn't stop anything out there for the adult use there, even though it was Cali followed you know wordage yeah. even right yeah so, interesting it anyway. still made it out into it and it wasn't even essential. but you know back to it Maine's medical right. program definitely don't want to go deep <clears throat> into that one right now but i really believe in it and it can have a stay you know if it's obviously if the pieces get worked out more and more now yeah, I definitely I'd like to talk a little bit more um, to touch upon before I gotta split again about some of the hash stuff. We talked about the tiers. 
Um, we talked a little bit about freeze drying and whatnot. I've seen recently, you, you mentioned Royal River, I think, uh, is doing some washing. So I assume that you pay attention to their Instagram and have seen uh, the new closed loop or open loop system that they developed. I wish I did. And I hate to say this. Sorry. Sorry, bro, to my friend there. But I, <laughs> I, I really don't pay that much attention. No offense to anything. Audience. No, 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 no that's fine. Kinda, I kind of do more of like a positive show and share and tell. Yeah. It just seems like they developed yeah. this really cool system of like continuous washing that's that continuously yeah, okay. flushes in fresh water. Yeah, continuous run. I've heard a lot of people talking about that too. And it seems like really, really good system, the continuous flow. Or, it seems pretty cool. It yeah. does. It, and, and I was questioning a lot well, what was going to be the next move in rosin. Because, you know, it went like cash rosin, then hash rosin diamonds, and hash rosin diamonds oh, yeah, and sauce. Got, yeah. And now this seems to be the next thing or next well, huge advancement. you got that. I think where it's at right now, but don't know the the turn of it today, <laughs> literally mm. like today, because it probably changed already. You oh. know, the word, it just moves so fast. Yeah, right. I don't, honestly. So what I see is a lot of flashing of the THCA, like honestly seems like almost maybe people are kind of hung up on that big white flakes, chunks of really pure THC with not much terpene or no, any on it. Not right. at all. So yeah, right. personally, I'm not really sure what, but I think it's out of learning. To not knock it. I think it's become so interesting that you can pull that with solventless that it's being shown that way. Um, seeing sauce with diamonds, which is really cool, actually. And some, I think, more technique-based, right? Technology and tech. It's tech and tech to get mm -hmm. these products, you know? And I've seen a lot of the THCA sticks, even, type thing, diamond sticks. Um, carts being kind of like... I think one, the no portability more. of uh, of solidless is also big. Yeah, yeah, worthwhile to get into. It's that separation on the solventless, you know, side, mechanical step that they're getting that so you know the darker terp sauce for the carts right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know too much more on it. Um, yeah, you know, it's really cool. Probably won't go too much there myself. Really like really dank classic hash and really dank rosin's great too. I I like it, but I like stable. Yeah, you know, part of why to go back to it where we talked freeze dryer, a little bit of tech and tech, is I like the air dried and give it. I like to give it the patience that it takes to let the cannabis speak for itself through the hash, meaning reduced to just what it is essentially with the proper dry time mm -hmm. and without cutting corners or racing to get there. You know, so that if it's good, it's good. Whereas, you know, some things you might be able to cut some corners and still produce a very viable product for use or sale, but only the right cultivars and the good and cultivation really will make that really good, you know, cured resin, fully Is it finished. more of like a two, how long of a, uh, in duration of days or weeks? Well, what we're doing right now. Kind of from a cut down I'm point doing or for, We're doing a um, two week stay. And I know that varies. In the, we're doing a two week stay in the pizza box, still tech at, at, on the farm of, of our hand or of our pressed and activated mm -hmm. bubble. So yep. our balls or blobs, those are gonna get the two week stay in the box and then be worked, act pressed and activated. So we'll check them in between, you know, too. Obviously, you know, every few days even, take a look, um, check the oxidization, but we don't race it. We never try to finish it so it doesn't oxidize actually. Okay. And what we have found, and people have asked about this, because of the platform that we take with the classic hash look and in, even in, in its, um, you know, how it appears is I showed you this one here today and it's got a really unique striation and marbling effect to it. Oh, certainly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. very nice build of some blacks and browns right. and, and built into so some So we like that, and, actually. Yeah, we're you not, do. We're not looking for a white 
ghastly white ball. We have those. But people that's, aren't necessarily adverse to it. I hear more and more people asking for for uh, temple well, balls. Something. I've had some people who stop on by the they represent uh, watered roots friends of ours from New York City. They they were came up and they were visiting us and they asked, "Hey, do you know about any temple balls?" That's and I'm like, well, yes, I do. That said as well for me, I personally, I like my... So I asked about the scene in New York, and they said there are people who are, who are interested, who are wanting to okay. find that again. Now we're going to talk about some like really cool, again, right? Some cannabis culture history, which we have lived in. And we're from the East Coast. So New York, I have friends there, I have family. New York has, is like, you know, the hash and haze capital here of the U.S., really. I'm sure Cali folks would, would not like that, you know, or well, something. Well, they don't maybe. like anything. So. Yeah, but, but I just think that I know that New York has had, even until in, in now, even delivery services delivering, especially hash and haze. They, New York has this really strong love for real haze. Really? Oh, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then real hash, too. It's been on the street, almost similar to, like, if you ever travel, say, up north, which I do or used to, to Montreal, Toronto. Ooh, big fan of Toronto. Montreal. Yep. Man, they got delivery services there. Same thing when you do a stay, if you know, you know, it's easy to find. And, and it's they have an, a menu of Moroccan and Afghan. Oh, and, and really, ashes is common for them up there as they're not in Canada so good in those flour. areas. <laughs> no really, <offense. laughs> didn't it's they butcher common. that? Didn't they butcher that? The, I, don't, I don't want to go to. I don't well, want to offend. Again. All right, I know My you don't want to. From... I'm gonna say, didn't they butcher that? You can say nothing. No, I think I it's real it. super dank. Actually, it's just like yeah, on the common commercial market, even to outsiders traveling in, readily yeah. available menu for production hydro and hashes. You know, at least the hash. Back in the day, actually, honestly, when I was more like in the teen, you know, late teens, early 20s, I would go to Montreal back then, too. Mm. Man, it was more available to get the hash. It was really like Moroccan. Dude, but listen to over. this. I went, okay, it, this was my only experience with like a head shop that sold weed out the back. I was in Montreal, um, and I forget how old I was. The night before, we were out drinking. We we're, you know, the guy's like, yeah, I'll get you some weed. And we gave him 20 bucks, and he came back with like a, a $5 bag of weed. Which we were pissed off about, but granted, that was cool that he even did that. And then, so the next day, we were like, you know, obviously hungover. Well, I was like, fuck, I, w- I want to smoke. That's what I wanted to do. And <clears throat> so we were looking around, and I forget what happened is we were talking about it outside. And outside this, like, head shop pizza area. We just got pizza, and it so happened there was a head shop next door. We were joking around, like, maybe the guy inside sells weed. And this guy that was eating pizza next to us goes, yeah, the guy inside does sell weed. <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, no, dude. He goes, just go put a 20 on the table. Tell him you want a dub. Yeah, there you so go. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> so we walk into this guy, put a 20 on the table, ask him for a dub. It's the wrong dude. Um, he goes, oh, no, 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 no. You're looking for so-and-so. So-and-so comes out the back. $20? Yeah, pulls it right out of his back pocket. You already know he had like five or six of them weighed out in his, <laughs> in his back pocket. And it was just like the coolest thing, though. And I thought yeah. it was it was actually some good weed. And we smoked it on the way back to the border. Um but yeah, that was like, I thought it was a really cool experience. And other than that, my only other experience with cannabis in Montreal has been going to the Forsaken Park where like all the, yeah. there was a last time I went, it was in, the guy told me, he said, we'll like go there. There'll circle. be a yeah, bunch of Jamaicans that'll, I'll try to outbid you on an eight, you know, and they'll say, well, <laughs> yeah. I got it for 30. I got it 25 and 20. That's no, a really cool place. I definitely, my, my day, there was like other than Amsterdam, the place where, and then to mention what we were originally talking about, New York. Mm-hmm. Again, same would be one of the places where you could actually find traditional hash. That's what it really is called, you know, traditional hash. So, um, 
Yeah, really. It's always been seeked. It's always been a part of their culture, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. From what I know, you know, and, and have understood and seen. Well, there seems to be a little bit more of an awakening with a, with a newer generation of users, I, I suppose. Well, yeah, it even seems like maybe po- not to go again to politics, but I think that the politics are changing in New York. Caught some wind of that, and it seems like you knew it was going to hit anyway. It's I, I figured when New Jersey hit next door. Yeah, that's you'd kind of be takes. foolish it's not a, to, it's right? A so now to go back to that, th- you know, Mar- what we're talking about into the future. Reinforces what we have here. That's what I want to mention. And um, you know so, what? Us yeah. doing this the right way and ethically, but also clean and stand up for what we do here now. Yeah. Will be the way that into the new day that those that our friends from New York will still be wanting to travel to come taste some good beer, eat some good food, and and smoke some good or eat some good whatever they do, rub it on good <laughs> good cannabis and hemp. No, yeah. let them have some. Yeah, let them have some way. good. And we will have that there for not just ourselves, but folks when they come in in the new in the future too. If we can kind of like handle this the right way and and you know keep it keep it safe. You mm. know? Do you think there will come a time, uh, this thought just entered my head about uh, talking about um, wood time and creating some, you have um, an area dedicated to some hemp, do you think there's going to come a time when we can grow hemp for for the purpose of fabric, for, for creating, uh, will that come into it? I hope so, a- that's fun. That's, I'm glad you say that, I mean, really if somebody got behind not just the composting, but yeah. instead the collection of that material biomass. I mean, excuse me. You're talking about a plethora of hemp farmers that would either sell it or even some of them happily even maybe give it, mm. you know, some, but definitely sell it for cheap, cheap dollar, have it hauled right out, multiple collection done. Yeah. You have a viable product for fiber. You might. We've just actually strayed away from it where the old, that's the misconception for people that don't understand CBD hemp is that we're using it for fiber, mm-hmm. you know, or are you? And I think it will more, and I and I hope that it does because that's that you know hemp for fiber produced U.S. made. Yeah, it's a really big deal. And that would be huge. It's a whole avenue that just I, you know hasn't been a, approached enough yet. But I know that some stuff um, has been obviously talked about like this and worked mm-hmm. on more. I'd have to look into it. Yep. I've also heard hemp for fuel, where I know at least until don't know, but until recently, I understand that it was um, even Pennsylvania. Maybe I think you're being I do. one of the states because my, my friends down there, my trifecta friends, are who told me that they carried hemp product, hemp strain and stock and kept it under seedling level technically for it because they weren't producing fuel and they couldn't do anything else with it. <laughs> so it's kind of a fun story. But when I asked about it, they said, because it's the, the mindset there or even the politics have geared towards you can produce for fuel, mm. you know, but that being said, well, Pennsylvania steel state production state, that's not a horrible idea. No, it wouldn't be, would it? No, and and being that regionally specific pockets, one of my friends brought up an idea. It'd be so cool. Imagine if textile, you know, um, was able textile mills were able to be refurbed into the new day based on hemp agriculture fiber, you know, here in Maine. You kind of got to look at it like that, not be negative, but source it out to the why, you know, and there because it seems so obvious. That, and I won't dig into it, but yep. why wouldn't that have happened? Now, what I'd say on the good news, good side, we learn, we know, then we do different in the new day. Yep. And I, I believe you will see, I, I know it, there's going to be hemp fuel, hemp fiber, all U.S. made. I mean, this could happen sooner rather than later, I to think be honest sooner. with you. I would, I would think in my gut sooner. Yeah. 
Because, well, for one thing, here it is. The plant speaks loud. It goes the way it needs to. And it provides healing to the economy, healing to the, you know, for fiber needs. Really goes deep. Mm -hmm. and, and honestly, the, probably the thing from the plant that will, unfortunately but fortunately, lead that into that more plant-based existence with hemp or cannabis will be the money. And we know that. Yeah. But if you see a, a revenue stream... What, that's not a bad thing. That is a healing factor to the economy, which we need now more today after this pandemic more than, thing, more than as much as even perhaps as some of the like personal medical healing. Mm. Is this going to have to be a healing of the nation through even economy? Oh, no, sure. And that's where I think cannabis is going to come in with its green cape on once again and save the day. I really see it. Oh, Amsterdam. This is what it was. Um, Ed, this might go a little bit further. So if it does, it does. And if it doesn't. Amsterdam, we left off. We were talking about hash and what uh, people can find and what works. We were talking about cookies as part of does it help create a good terpene profile or hash? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A good base, good foundation for it. Yeah. But I, and it might be a little bit more into the Amsterdam scene now, but if I remember right, weren't a lot of those European strains a lot more uh, cheeses? Say, and Am I right? Well, I would even say now to apply it to the hash game, really, almost entirely, besides resin, like the shop I brought up for New Day hash. Mm-hmm. They're all traditional hash market, talking even land race hash trains. Hash train. Which I think has changed because I see pictures of like fields in Morocco under DNA and stuff that they're doing all feminized run, even stuff. Maybe. Oh, no way. Yeah, of cultivar types. <clears throat> when I left Amsterdam, even the second time I went, I was hearing word of back then of, a, I think it was Reefer Man, maybe. I think that even doing familiar, a field in yeah. Colombia for a field grow for hash only for bubble hash field in Colombia. Mm. wow <laughs> so yeah so i think it's, it's changed really... a lot but that's your know, european market is traditional hash market probably quite a bit still even through a lot of those shops they still well there's something to it you know the the it becomes that neighborhood and, it come, becomes that neighborhood spot and like people who know that one and and they like their Moroccan, and they like their Indian, you know pakistani hash so or, will we be able to create a main regional type of hash like uh, something that's uh, from from outside, does that that come through? Where I know, like, well, I'm not looking for one specific, but do you think there are certain strains that are going to work well in Maine oh. to create a Maine brand well, type I mean, of hash, like something? Obviously, you're talking Maine, like indoor, or outdoor, outdoor. So I, I was thinking more you outdoor. Were thinking outdoor. Okay, yeah. so I'll talk about that. A little Just bit. because indoor in can be a little bit more uh, okay, broader, so like outdoor hashing. And yeah. word to the people doing it and stuff. I've definitely found with other people too significant, obvious quality upgrades, even maybe times two for the resin, perhaps even the dump when it comes to greenhouse versus exposed full mm -hmm. sun. Now what I'm finding even more for that is if you are a full sun hasher, especially not just a grower, then you really are super duper cultivar specific, man. You know, don't run the field, think fresh frozen on every type. It's not like that. They don't all wash well. No, no, they're not right. going to. And right, they're not so going I, to. To go back to like a type I'm finding, but I, I believe to be more indoor, but probably into the outdoor, 
Like, I think that Mega was washing first, right? Was his Pido. Yep. So I've heard a lot come back to, and I've tried some myself into it with great results of that great pie on like Sunday driver, for instance, I think is a great pie OGKB. Yeah. So then yeah. what I see there, right, is that cookie thing we're talking about, like cookie looky. Yeah. But then, right, isn't it like cush cookie even really? Like greasy cookie. Yeah, cook, it is. Greasy yeah. cush, looky cookie, and, <laughs> and then the grape terp, great pie on it. That's what I'm talking about, rosin plants to come into it beyond just the hash plants, too. So you got a lot of realm there to cover, but you got, you know, outdoor grown for hash, mm -hmm. you know, a bubble mm -hmm. water hash or for into rosin even. Obviously, if it makes good hash, it's going to make some good rosin, too. Oh, certainly. But good rosin and is up to for debate what is good rosin or great rosin, maybe. So I don't know. I know what I like, and I'm I like a really terp forward, pleasant terp all over when you open the jar, and then I like it to translate to the taste up front on my dab, my my hash dabs, my rosin melt dabs, you know. So I'm looking for, for instance, I'll bring the type up that we have most recently that we're working with that we like for that rosin plant, Route 26, Root. from Woodstock. So Sunday brunch by Chemi 95. And the phenotype I pulled out of like four tester, tester females phenos was one that I pulled that was uh, really lean towards from what I can imagine to be the Sunday driver, like the grape pie-sided Sunday driver too, really grapey, like grape in your face, but it's mm. a, mur mm. a musky, earthy, Chem, chem I I'm liking that grape. flavor coming through. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying that a lot. I didn't bring you on. Next time I see you, I'll try to save some of that one, you know, but I'll show you. We, I like that one a lot, and so do other people. And the look on the resin also is a more hard, chisely, but lighter, mm -hmm. like pristine look. And then the nature of it's harder chisel, you know, to it, but it makes just the, the best rosin. Yeah. Even beyond the bubble hash, honestly. Oh yeah, no, sure, no, and I, I, I assume you look at things from all types of hash perspectives. I do, and I'm reading into it. So to go further with it, for like my types right now, most recent project by design that I've mm -hmm. read mm -hmm. has been um, my shart, which yeah, I've been seeing is that. a comic relief name. I kind of threw in in the time, especially <laughs> being right now where everything's just so serious, you know? Yeah. So I'm thinking some comic relief for laughter medicine, maybe at least mm -hmm. a smile with it, you know? That'd so, be, that's kind of one of those hit the spots yeah, right in this that, time. In yeah. This time. And I yeah. think it does matter. Actually, actually really important that we lighten it up a bit. You know, what was the terpene profile? Oh, what man. were you talking so about? I went off a gas mask mom that makes the creamiest, best hash melt around and it tastes really good, but it's more of like a creamy, fuely hash, you know, without the profound fruit or skunky nature. It's skunky, actually, but it's, it doesn't have the fruit or the complex, say, pleasant nature of fruit or gas fruit. Kind of breaking it down, breeze. simplifying uh, a particular I'm type I'm breeding of... with it out to other things is yeah. what it is to then come up with the, the, new, the new hash form plant of gas masks for, for hashing and for raws and melts. You know? I think it's a great idea. I think yeah. uh, using gas mask as... As a backbone. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, and that's sure. that's got the Mac on it for that look, too, on the kosher cushion, the headband. Headband makes the most greasy... 
you know, hash around. I saw it in the dried flower form. I thought the colors were amazing. Yeah, such I a such too. a nice dark uh, dark uh, uh, purple dark, hues. Yes, and, right. But on pur- it's basically purple gas. You know, that's it's like what a gas string gone perp. Mm-hmm. Oh well, the purple. Yeah, but with um, not in the same way as silver. say like a uh, like a white purple punch. It's, it wasn't a purple like that. No, it's purple wrap leafing and veining. Uh-huh. Very pretty yeah. looking flower with hash leaf wrapping that's dark on mm-hmm. a silver calyx. A very oh. coated, greasy silver, shiny look is why it's got the light. It's got the contrast of the silver to the dark purple hue. You know. I wanted to say silver, but I didn't want people to start thinking of the sugar coat right. before the bud. So that's where I was yeah, because because it feels like the bud had that in it as it well. Does, so, yeah. yeah, and then from that, to, so what I've been doing for a project with that that I got great results from recently is my shark, which is shoki on the gas mask, and the shoki's from Swamp Boys. That's lime Kush GMO Triangle Kush Skunk. So it made a great match. I knew it with the GMO influence, a great hash from that one. Triangle Kush, same type of thing. Yep. Skunk Reeks. And I don't know much about the Lime Kush. But what I found is like with our um, Keeper Fino, Shark number six, I found two actually out of four or five females tested only. I found these two that are awesome. One's kind of amazing. Uh, The Shark number six just embodies a lot of GMO and a lot of the gas mass color and fuel and then it's got this apricot lime pickup complexity on the terpene profile up front so pleasant with a skunky apricot lime the whole way through it skunk and i'm guessing the apricot lime the hash maker friend of ours at, at the farm has said apricot and he hit it and it's got this not lemon but an apricot first, lime after, into creamy gas finished with skunk. So what ended up happening with that one is that's my go-to flower literally for the last six to nine months since I bred, since I found it and mm-hmm. kept it, mm-hmm. that I have been smoking every night, every day. That's Treats my go-to well. flower. Really man. good spot. Yeah. Well, it's got the effect of the, you know, indica-like and hash and warm hug headband, you know, and hashy quality, really pleasant, gassy too, to the to the head to the gas mass. Yep. And then, like I said, it picked up the turp profile on it. It sent it up a little bit for uh, pickup on effect. So it's still indica, but it's got a little more high. You know, those are amazing of, flavors. Yeah, I don't complex. think it's got. I think it hits, but it, I, I would think that I'd interpret it as hitting, but not to a point where it's going to stagger me. Although it has that potential, depending on how far I want to go with it. Sure. I'm going to give you some shot you know? number six today. Awesome, you awesome. Guys, to try out for flower, I think you'll really thank see you. What I'm saying, but that apricot lime to start it. See that's what I'm, nice. See? And then skunk. It's sort all of like you're looking through. at it. You're. you're Feeling and then oh, gassy chem sister GMO skunk all the way through, like skunk through it, through and yep. through, you know. Yep. And we, I bred for hash, it's sister number three. Like, what I found though is number six, that keeper I'm talking about, I call stinky pinky because it's that silver hue we just talked about on the oh, gas yep. mask. Now, this makes yep. sense, goes into that one for that trait that's carried, and then it has a pink violet look while it's growing. I'm about to post a picture probably tomorrow of it. Pink violet, you know, again, and it's on the feed, but it's like it's it has a pink and a pink violet look, like oh yeah, silver pink. Even. I know so I've tagged it stinky pinky, like on the back of sort of how that's will 
will vine, uh, vein out sort of that I show you a picture of, of it yeah. even All coming right. up and you'll I think agree I'm a little colorblind but I think agree and then the number three that I have next to it it's sister is our new maybe my favorite most pleasant hash plant so it picked up on the gas mask it's got a little bit darker wait t- what's it called Sharp. oh okay but okay. it's the right. number three pheno not oh, the six. number three it's pheno sister okay. number three and I, I almost let it go, but I kept it. We ran it indoors, ended up doing some pl- hash run of fresh frozen from an indoor whole plant. And then I ran some even some whole plant sun grown from the tester. And it came out to be the most pleasant terpene profile on the hash reduced into it that you didn't catch up front all the way on the flower to share that part of new learning too. So some real hash plants that we're finding just recently, Yep. a couple of them even. We had a hascap, same thing. Didn't show the energy into the terpene up front. It showed it into the resin look and the, and the coating. Oh, so no on Sharp 3, you know, I'm saying I see the big triangle cush looking dark nugs yeah. covered in resin. So I'm like, that's a hasher. <laughs> we know it'll dump. I can see the dump on the resin structure on the flower. I can see it there. Then we run it and essentialize it right into the hash form, and somehow the the terpene profile essentialized and concentrated, obviously, actually, right into the hash. So it just popped out the smell on you from the hash in the rosin that you didn't even get overwhelming from the flower. And it's like this: it's like a lightly mentholated grape chewed on bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're like where'd that come from in a way a little bit like you know, know. you're like i, I sense know. that in the beginning from it like a play-doh grapey maybe can't explain lime kush thing maybe so there's uh you get to create you're creating these flavors you're mm. combining these flavors together I'm reading them and finding and keeping these flavors that were made by that were really created by i'm breeding them and hoping yeah <laughs> and yep. then saving in in selecting and then saving gotcha the plant will admittedly do all of that wonderful work when you add the two right partners to dance yeah. you know to do the yeah. dance yeah right <laughs> but what i would say that okay into f1 breeding into hash plants and rosin plants well then you're going to want to look at types on both ends that are are known to be good hash family perhaps a lineage derivative of something that tags a good like hash you know it feels like the perfect marriage it feels like, like you need like to really just push the that partners like that and you set up the playing field right as the brewery set the playing field up and you let it do its work the next phase comes into this like sand, like woodstock's doing into generationing and keeping the chosen ones or selecting to keep it around the one that does that for hash right because it showed you that it will do that. So the next step would be is not everything makes good hash. When you find the ones that do, put in the work. Keep them around. Maybe even if you're good breed at doing good breeding, redoes that as could a backbone play. from there out into the next, you know, for the better plant. Yeah. It never stops at just one, and we all know that. No, no that's true. No, it never stops at one. Wouldn't have got this far if all it stopped at one, the, right? Good people doing the good work with us together. Here, here. I, just the way you go through it, though, the way you have the chance of playing with these, with this breeding it's game. super special. The influence blessed. and the flavors. and It's so you got a people, cool. we talked a little bit about the, uh, you must get some really good feed, positive feedback from people through stores through there's not a lot but i do hear some of it come back around it seems like we've kind of built um a little bit of a like a um what do you say a patient base yeah and of supporters actually you know oh, great. In the community that have from what i do understand 
We have a great firm base of people at the dispensaries we do work with that really rely on our hash. They're not just, it's not just cool to them, but they actually ask for it. So there's demand for it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's picked up and I like, and, and, and I believe that people have come to know through that loyalty with the few shops providing, which I still can't keep up with quite honestly, like even that demand right now, that it's become a firm reliance from people now for like two into the third year of those spots with us being there available for them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's like our micro macro that I call the in-store volume for a lot of these stores has gone up quite a bit over the last year. And so, I mean, it, it did in some ways allow for like you to be able to grow a little bit more if you wanted to, but I mean, people have to, I think that's like I'm not going to go into it, but that's one of Dude, the things. Dude, that took everybody by surprise. That's one of the things that needs to change, and I won't go political, but to say that, and one of the biggest things I entered into this talk over medical for commentary, yeah. I actually will say it, is that I mentioned that the ability to produce alongside of, to contend with that adult use market while being regulated and mirrored much the same, if not more. Yeah. And that doesn't in make, the medical and that doesn't make any sense. I even technically, personally, I do. I wonder where that came from. It needs to be looked into. There's no reason why, because I really feel like this. A lot of people, you hear my tone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So like a lot of people, I I imagine are infuriated, even upset, even angry. And I understand a lot of actually why. I'm not. I don't play that way. Right. 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 Yep. And I'm keeping it cool. But I am, I have a tone that is like caring about this because I don't really even understand how they could even attempt to, to like put everyone through these regulatory changes without some proposed talk, more proposed talk, more than what we've heard more about production. About it goes production. hand in hand with it, about production. Our production needs to at least be able to contend, if not match, what is being allowed for in the adult use realm. And this is a staple business economy here, man. We proved it last year. Numbers on the board. It shouldn't go anywhere. And honestly, we need to be able to produce like we should be. That's a good point. Individual gardeners or individual caregivers should be able to uh, be rated. I think going to different tiers on the state level. I do believe, and I hope. It's hard to say what's going to come out of this whole new yeah. policy change. I what think, I'd like uh, to see, I share yeah, it. I'd like sure. to see, and I think can and might is that there's a separation in a way. Actually, yeah. there is too. There you is a way this. of defining it enough between home caregiver and a more productive wholesale caregiver to dispensaries. Mm-hmm. So no, both there is. need to exist, right? An ability to do so. Quite honestly, the person on the lower tier of personal caregiving with a single 30 plant stand should have less regulation given. Absolutely, right, I agree. I absolutely else. agree. So now being a person that's into, say, the wholesale distribution and needs to fill those channels for good medicine to be, like we talk about, available, right? Available yep. medicine. Yep. It's not just that. It's affordable medicine, too, that's clean. Yeah, we got to keep it that way. It's affordable and clean. So we can't be overtaxed, overregulated, either on the next tier up, but we, the next tier up of professional producers, need to be given the space and the room to produce to the state of Maine back what it's asking for and proven by numbers to need. That's a good... In health of the patient for cannabinoid reception and health of the economy in Maine. It's multifaceted, and there's a lot of at-risk... There's a lot at play right now that we as an industry are going to encounter. Well, we all have some idea too, don't we, of where this all comes from. I just won't go there, you know, because when it seems so obvious that it shouldn't have, that it's almost honestly criminal 
to me, it's almost criminal that you didn't whisper something at least or yell it even something out first about production increases for all this stuff we're going to go through mm -hmm. like, like those guys, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Brian, thank you very much. Man, it's been Just fun. Just wanted man. to say. It's really cool to catch up with you folks again it's very cool after to catch over up a year you. turn. And, and uh, thanks for doing everything that you guys do to help out, you know? I appreciate that. I wish you the best. It's uh, It's been great catching up with you. And that's what it feels like on on and off all well, the way. Let's do it again so. here. I don't know, maybe sooner, but we'll get at least in another year. Yeah, thinking about <laughs> <laughs> they'll let us all free in another year. <laughs> Take care, my friend. All right, you too.